This is Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. Every week, we review an episode of the cult classic time travel series and decide whether it holds up to present day viewing. And hopefully, we'll entertain you along the way. Be sure to check us out on our website, fwwquantumleappod.com, and also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Fate's Wide Wheel. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Long time. Yeah. No, no see. I've missed that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I miss. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, Dennis. I'm good. It's, uh, you know, it has been a while, uh, you know, since summer at least. Right. And um, our last been- episode was early June, like days yeah. before uh, or yeah, about a week before we closed on our new home in Southern Illinois. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So moved, we had a baby, like, you know, I mean, not, not you and I, we didn't have, we we didn't, we didn't, let's be clear. We did not, we did not have a baby. That is the, that is not the purpose of this episode listeners. We did not have a baby. You and me. Uh, no. Yeah. My wife gave birth to a son, uh, in October and, uh, October 25th. That's right. October 25th. I felt like an asshole because I wished you a Merry Christmas on the 25th. I texted you and it, it, it did not even click that, uh, that it was also your, your, your son's two month birthday. Sorry about that. No, it's, hey, you and, know, when we're counting months, you know. Yeah. Day. And there was, was there a tornado warning in Chicago mm-hmm. the night that he was born? There was a tornado warning down here. Actually, when you texted me to say it was go time, uh, we had just gotten down into our, our basement because, yeah the sirens went off and everything and it, it turned out fine like we didn't hardly yeah. get anything in our in our neighborhood but yeah yeah we were pretty oblivious to it uh it, it's funny hattie was born uh in the afternoon early evening and uh jude decided to flip the script entirely and uh he was born uh at about 4 a.m um so all right that was that was a different experience to to say the least but uh it, yeah er, everything went great and um he's great uh it's been it's been a nice uh really nice three months uh jess goes back to work uh, next week working remotely still they're they're not going back into the office um but uh uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting uh and i'm you know i'm pulling the the stay at home dad gig so uh it's it's been fun preparing for that and uh big sister loves having a little brother and uh yeah you know life is life is good i can't i can't complain we are thinking about moving at some point here in the very near future we've not um we've been thinking about it i guess for you know not quite a year but but it feels like it now and um uh, yeah, I think that I think that'll probably happen sooner than later, but we shall see. So, uh, other than that, yeah, things are things are good. I can't complain. I've been doing little gigs here and there, picking up you know kind of freelance work when I can, and uh, you know had an acting gig over the summer that was that was fun. Um, it, I was actually a, uh, a mock witness for the San Diego uh, Public Defenders Program, um, which is uh, interesting to say the least. But uh, it, it ended up being a lot of fun. It was actually very, very fulfilling, very satisfying. It involved a lot of, you know, like improv and that sort of stuff. Uh, and working on those cases, which I can say nothing about uh, under penalty of law, uh, working in those cases was 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 really cool. Um, you know, some of the some of those cases um, and the people that 
were involved, all you can do is just hope that, you know, they get a, a fair shake because yeah, it was, uh, it was enlightening to say the least, but, um, so yeah, you know, but not much yeah, I want to hear, going hear on. More, yeah. I want to hear more about that, uh, later, but we yeah. probably just <laughs> dive in to why we're here. Uh, what brought us out? We've been talking about it for months, but what finally brought us out of retirement yeah. uh, was the announcement a couple days ago. Finally, not just people blowing smoke up our butts, but uh, NBC actually ordered a pilot. Yeah, for a, uh, a not not a reboot, but a continuation of right. the show. New cast, but a continuation. Yeah, uh, we. I believe, I mean, we started talking about the potential for that, I think, probably on our first episode. We, I think, seriously started talking about it when Peacock was announced, because one of the initial rumors for Peacock, and this is like two years ago now, was that they would, that Quantum Leap was a property they were looking at um, to put on streaming. Uh, we've noted before that we found it odd that Quantum Leap was not on Peacock right away. Um for streaming because it was a show that they had actually talked about. Um, and, you know, we kind of thought, well, you know, I, I think if it happens, it'll be on Peacock, but we were both kind of like, we're okay if it doesn't happen. You know, uh, once we hit mirror image and, and wrapped up our coverage of quantum leap as a television show, we, um, gave some more thoughts about what we thought about the potential for a, a reboot or a sequel. Um, and, you know, I've been I've been mostly on the fence. I, I kind of came to the conclusion that I was okay if it never happened. Um, that said, there were certainly some ideas that, that we both had that we would have loved to have seen. And one of the things that, that I will throw out there, and of course, the danger, I guess, of proposing ideas right now, uh, and you see so many people do it on the internet, um, they may not understand this, is that once that happens, oftentimes, uh, if, if a writer sees it or hears about it, they immediately disregard it, even if it's something that they wanted to do, because they have to then deal with the potential legal ramifications of somebody on the internet coming to them and saying like, hey, I thought about this idea, you know, before you did, etc." You know, that's interesting. I've never... Uh... I've never thought about that in terms of now. Yeah. Cause I remember like reading, like uh, especially if you read uh, Matt's book beyond the mirror image, like there's some stories in there talking about like how they had to be very careful about avoiding ideas. Yeah. Um, uh, right, right. Even, even particularly like, like around eight and a half, eight and a half months, like the pregnancy episode, like there's a funny story in the book that I won't repeat now. It's like, when someone sent them an unsolicited script about a pregnant woman and when they saw what it was, like they got it out of their office, like it was on fire because they didn't want to have to deal with it. But I never thought about it in a modern context of how does that work with like rumors and stuff being posted online? I don't know. That's I, yeah. I don't know either. I know the, the only reason that I, the only reason that I, I bring it up and, and that I know anything about it at all is because um, J. Michael Straczynski, when he was developing Babylon five, there was a, a listserv um, group that he posted to uh, on like recards.tv. Um, and this is before the show even aired. 
And there was a small but loyal fan base even before the show started to air because there were people looking for an alternative to Star Trek, basically. And Straczynski was talking about how his show was going to be, you know, kind of more hard sci-fi than Star Trek was, that it was going to have this five-year plan, that there was an arc to the story, that there, you know, all this sort of stuff. So people were already excited before the show even premiered. And he would post stuff on there from time to time. And once the show started airing, people would inevitably like start posting and be like, oh, I would love to see blah, blah, blah for this character, that character or whatever. And, you know, and, and he's, you know, ended up writing and saying like, please don't send me your story ideas. You know, don't, I don't want to see posts for story ideas because it gets into kind of a sticky situation legally for me, because if you post something that I've already written and then it, you know, and then you see it on TV, you know, what's to stop somebody from saying, Hey, I came up with that idea first or, or whatnot. And yes, I have scripts that I've been working on for, you know, a, a decade that I can show people and whatnot, but still it's, you know, so it's, it, it is kind of probably a gray area. And it's also one of those things where it's like, I'm never going to go to the writers or producers of this potential reboot if 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 they use an idea that we say on this show or have said on this show because I just want to see a successful show and you know and some of these ideas I just personally think are cool so if they happen to sure. come up with them on their own not that they're going to listen to this podcast let's be honest all right <laughs> I, let, let's get I, I want to loop back around to that uh, later but let's get more into 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 like what we know now first yeah. off. Because I've had this question pop into my head, but now I'm looking at Martin Garrow's announcement on Twitter right now. Yeah. Um, it looks like if this gets picked up, it is going – like the plan is, at least right now, it's going to be on NBC, not Peacock. Yeah. Or, or am I – Am I stretching that? The funny thing is, is I've seen conflicting things because initially it seems like most of the reports had it at NBC. And it seems like based on Martin Garrow, who's the executive producer, uh, that it looks like NBC. There are a couple of reports out there on websites that do have a, you know, some credibility uh, that seem to direct it at saying NBC slash Peacock. So... I, I don't know. Now, it could be that they're saying NBC slash Peacock because almost all of NBC's current shows are immediately dropped on Peacock the day after they air. So that and not they, the other way around, though. Exactly. Are, there are some original shows on Peacock. There are some. Yes, there are Peacock originals. That aren't on and, NBC. Okay. Right. And like, for instance, you know, I know that one of the uh, like articles that I was reading, and this is all opinion, this is not any sort of factual stuff, but they were talking about how, you know, Peacock was clearly setting a precedent for reviving like 90s shows already with their Say by the Bell reboot and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, Quantum Leap might fit into that space on Peacock personally based off of what we saw from like the Hollywood reporter and deadline and Martin Garrow, his own tweet, it does seem like, yes, it would be on NBC and not just on Peacock. Yeah. Or if anything, they get the pilot and they're not sure about it. They may bump it down to Peacock or something. Sure. Sure. And, you know, and, and, and for what it's worth, there's no, I mean, in this day and age, there's, I, I, I can't help but think of it as being, you know, um, it doesn't feel like a backward, a back step to, to go on a peacock. You know what I mean? No, like even like I was thinking like before we started recording, like I, I don't care where the show ends up, <laughs> right, right. whether it's on network TV <laughs> or peacock or whatever. I, I want it to end up where it can creatively be what they want it to be. They can take chances with it and it will have a chance to flourish. Yes. And get beyond one season. 
Yes. I will subscribe to whatever that streaming right. service is, if it's on streaming or or otherwise. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. And and I think that, you know, the nice thing is, is let's face it, a, a, a majority of people out there probably already have access to Peacock, you know, by way of their Xfinity plans. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's, it's easy, it's accessible, it, it's not necessarily a hard thing to get if it were to be on Peacock. Um, and then obviously, if you're watching on NBC, it's right over the air. Um, so what we know, what we know, uh, we know that the showrunners are going to be Stephen Lillian and Brian Windbrandt, who currently uh, are the creators and showrunners on La Brea. Uh, or no, excuse me, they're they're the um, producers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that Martin Garrow will be the executive producer. Um we know that Deborah Pratt and Donald Belisario will be getting producer credits. Um, anytime an article just flat out mentions somebody not being involved by name, it makes me think that they will eventually be involved. So the fact okay, that come they, on. Okay. they like, throw like, Bacula's like, name, like, come on, he's going to be in the show. He is. He's going to be involved somehow. At least yes. some brief cameo. It, you know, he he obviously has love and appreciation for the show that basically got him like really started on his career. Right. Um, unless the showrunners come out and say we are not interested, there is no way Bakula is not going to be involved in the show in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think there's any way that that would happen at all. I, I think you know that 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 the um, you know the other thing that's worth noting, um, and we'll talk a little bit about briefly we're not going to do a deep dive necessarily we'll talk a little bit about their careers here in a second but it's worth noting that dennis and i believe it or not actually have a source we have a source and uh and and our source tells us that uh that the producers are very passionate about the show um very respectful of the show um very understanding of of what made the show work and speak to people um, which I think is the only, like, that's the chief thing you want from your producers and showrunners, as far as I'm concerned, when they're handling a property like this. Um, I, I think that knowing that this is going to be a sequel, um, you know, I think that in our modern parlance, like reboot and sequel have become almost interchangeable. You know what I mean? Like if a show is going to be completely different nowadays, we're going to call it a reimagining, you know what I mean? Like, so, so reboot sequel, whatever you want to call it is fine. But I think it, it seems as though it's in good hands. Um, and yeah. And there's some other things that we'll get to uh, over time. And certainly we, we hope that at some point we're able to, not only reveal our source, but, but, you know, have them on and, and talk a little bit more directly. But uh, in the meantime, because things are in flux and because quite frankly, we could say things that don't end up happening. Um, even though I do trust uh, this person quite a bit, um, you know, that, that we want to be sensitive, obviously to, to their position as well. So um, that's kind of cool. It is. Yeah. I'm excited. When you, te- when you text, sorry, text me info last night, I was like, ah, yeah. The, the thing is, is it's like, I thought about, I thought about reaching out and, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, they're sending me a message and I'm just sort of like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't <laughs> yeah. even have to send them a message. They reached out to me. Uh, that is. So yeah, it, it's, um, it, 
I think that I, I want to approach this in an optimistic fashion, you know? I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited and I know there, there's a lot of chatter and some comments and the, and the things that we posted and, and, and other quantum leap groups on, on Facebook, there's this whole thing. Like they, they don't believe that the show can't be successful if Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell before uh, right. Stockwell passed away back in the fall, um, unless they are directly involved and they are the stars of the show. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, as much as I, I love the stars of the, the original show, obviously like I've, I've never felt that way. Like I've always wanted like, like them to be involved in some way, but I think the, the show has legs. It can evolve past past those characters that past the original show yeah and, and just and, go on so i'm i, I and even if it if it comes on and i end up not liking it and i've <laughs> said this before i will hate watch the crap out of the show right, of right every episode and i will analyze it and i will tell you in an intelligent way why <laughs> i don't like it but i will still watch it yes yeah uh i i, I completely agree um, and I think that, um, I think it has to change. It has to evolve. Uh, I, th- this is not going to be Sam and Al episode of the week. It's not, uh, you know, this is going to be again, indicated by our source. This is going to be more of an ensemble show that there will be, you know, a lead, if you will. And that, uh, I can only infer based on some things that I've heard that it most likely will be a female lead. Um, that it will that that female lead will not be Sammy Joe. That's not to say that Sammy Joe won't be in the show, won't be a character that they that they put into the show. But I don't believe that you know that our that our main kind of unit, our ensemble, will be uh, include her. Sure. I think that they will probably be younger, you know, because that's. That's what we do these days. Sure. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, I think it'll, it'll probably just kind of evolve from there that it will be, you know, as we've spoken about before on the podcast, that it will likely be split between the missions and, you know, present day at the project, that there will be a, def, you know, an arc, that there will be connective tissue between episodes. There will probably be cliffhangers. You know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they kind of take the alias pattern almost where it's like you've got leaps that are finishing halfway through the episode. A new leap begins and then we get a cliffhanger at the end of the episode that leads us into finishing the mission on the next episode, which leads us to the leap. So the leaps are actually taking place mid episode as opposed to at the beginning and end of each. Episode. Interesting. Which is it's worth. Which, which is that's, that's speculation. I should note real quick. That's not sure. anything that I, that I, that's not inside you know. info. That's just idle speculation. Sure. I mean, it is worth noting that when Belisario originally conceived the series, or I should say Belisario and Pratt, like Belisario did have the idea that, mm. that sometimes there would be episodes, like there would be like two leaps in an episode. Right. And sometimes like in syndication, they may like, like swap and like, you know, like move episodes around or whatever, which is not exactly the same thing you said, but yes, it'll, I, I think it's going to be, uh, kind of a somewhat different format. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the project because that's one of the things I, I loved about the novels as imperfect as some of the novels were. Yeah. The thing that I loved is that there was always a story going on back at the project. Right. In particular, the ones that didn't involve Sammy Joe. And speaking of Sammy Joe, I think it would be interesting to like jump back and talk about like, like 
the remo- the uh, the rumors of new series over the last 30 years and the almost reboots. <laughs> and the closest time that we came uh, was in the early 2000s. It was a it was going to be a made for TV movie for the Sci Fi Channel, right? And and a pilot for a new series that was going to feature Sammy Joe. And it's worth noting that in an effort to to have Sammy Joe fit the correct age for like a younger audience, they were going to fudge the timeline right from trilogy because sammy joe was born i can't remember like the exact timeline was born in the early 1960s in the series so that she was 11 years old by the third part of trilogy and sam met her in that time frame right they were going to make her born in the 70s and actually if i remember correctly they were going to say that sam had 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 sired her as the lawyer that he played okay in in the third part of trilogy yeah um interesting yeah i'm glad that that didn't happen uh as well as i was disappointed that i when i read the synopsis in matt's book i was like oh yeah, yeah i'm kind of glad that that reboot didn't happen the character would be you know if the, if the show is indeed set in present day in in 2022 uh, or 2023 uh although i i do think that we're looking at a fall uh, a potentially a fall premiere date for this. So I think that, yeah, uh, that's really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if it's set in 2022, Sammy Joe would be 55 years old because she was born yeah. in 1967. So, um, you know, we're looking at, at a character in their fifties, you know, so they're probably casting an actor somewhere in their, you know, late forties to early fifties to play the role. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, she might not be involved at all. Uh, maybe not. I, do but I do think that you know again based off of what we've already heard um, that there's a there's a chance that that she could indeed be a part of the show um, because it is a sequel and that is a mm-hmm. legacy character that exists um, that they could that they could bring in easily to to help kind of establish some connective tissue um, yeah you know other well, like other it- potentials would would obviously be Al's daughters as well. Sure. Well, I can't help but imagine, like you said, if the if the new showrunners, if they have a great respect for the show, Sammy Joe will at least be mentioned in some way. Yeah, like they're not think, they're, right? they're not going to just pretend like like you know that character never happened. Right. Al's daughters present an interesting thing because, like, you know, we just know them from like very briefly from the final episode. Right. We we know that they exist, and that's about it. Yeah. And most likely they would be, you know, uh, based off of the photograph and based off of when Al gets back from Vietnam and everything, they would probably be in their 30s or 40s. In the time of the series? You would think. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere, yeah, I guess, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, that makes right. sense. So, you know, I, 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 again, I think that as far as, as far as sort of like those periphery, you know, legacy characters go, you know, those clearly could, could participate in some fashion. Uh, you know the 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 big one in my mind, and obviously with Deborah Pratt's involvement, I think is something that we could, you know, easily see. Is uh, is it you know Ziggy? I imagine will be a part of the show. Uh, I can't imagine that you wouldn't have that that you wouldn't have in the pilot. You know this this group of our young crusaders dusting off Ziggy and firing her back up to get you know what I mean to to sort of start sure. things off. Um, yeah. I, I think that the rest of the team, um, you know, maybe, maybe, 
maybe you'll see um, a Dr. Beaks, you know, return. I doubt it. Um, I think you'll see a Dr. Beaks like character, maybe like that character. Yes, absolutely. Um, The other, you know, the other characters uh, that would be interesting in a potential return could be the evil leapers. Um, You know, that, that project and to, to see if there's some sort of parallel there. Um, The, you know, and then of course the other big one is, is Scott Bakula, Sam Beckett. Um, I, still hold to I, I will be happy to see whatever they decide to do with Sam's character. I really will. Um, I still hold to the idea that what I would love to see more than anything, if they do this reboot is that we don't see him for the entirety of that first season that the, you know, that these kids are trying to find him and figure out how this worked, et cetera, whatever. And I say kids, they're not going to be kids. Probably going to cast actors, you know, that are probably in their twenties. Let's face it. Sure. Um, yeah. That, uh, and that when we get to the finale of season one, they walk into Al's place in Pennsylvania and Sam's the guy behind the bar. That to me is like the perfect place for that character to reside. Now the thought that Sam is still out there doing Sam Beckett things, as we saw in the original TV show is nostalgia. That's what is driving a lot of people who are saying, I'm not going to watch a show without Sam doing Sam things. It's like, that's you're you're, you're and, literally being driven by nostalgia. Yeah, and I said, and, and I've said it Not before, reality. and I've said it before. Like I know Scott Bakula is very fit. I know he did a lot of action-oriented stuff in uh, in NCIS New Orleans. I do not want to come back and find Sam thirty years later, still leaping in time. No, the way he is, he would he he would he would have gone insane by this point. Because the other thing is the other thing that we that we know that we know from the outset that the premise will have to include is that Al is no longer with us. Now, whether that means that Al recently passed and that's the impetus for this new team to try to turn things back on, you know, maybe Al got pushed out at some point. They thought he was this crazy old admiral who had these stories of his friend leaping through time. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, one of these new explorers slash leapers whatever adventurers is is driven by a dying man's wish to to go and turn ziggy back on and fire up the accelerator you know who knows that's that's a great premise i I mean maybe not a great premise but that's a premise you could go with easily um so you know i think that that's something that they will have to deal with they will have to deal with al's absence in some fashion when did al die did al ever give up did you know i think that that is going to be key to the show. So I think that one thing that I would definitely tell potential viewers, especially the, the, the people that are out there saying, you know, like, I won't watch it without Scott Bakula, or, you know, I, I have my doubts about this or anything like that is Sam Beckett and Al Calavici will be absolutely integral to this show. Their presence will be felt from the get go. There is no doubt in my mind that they will be involved. You just might never see them on screen. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. Right? I'm on, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> like I said, we're, we know we're going to see Scott back to the on screen. Um, and, uh, you know, I really, like, yeah, we, we haven't talked, like, we haven't recorded everything, like, you know, since uh, Dean Stockwell passed away. Yeah. And that was, like, and the thing, it's, like, and, and I posted, like, you know, this is one of the, like, the few celebrity deaths that really affected me. 
Um, and then I was sad about, but I was also kind of braced for it because like, I know with like how old he was and various health issues over the last few years. Like I, like I knew it was coming. It wasn't like, you know, some huge right, surprise right. or something, you know, uh, I was more shocked by Betty White than, you know, than, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm, but, but now, now you said like, I hadn't really thought about it now with, uh, with Dean having passed away, I think now in my head canon, I am telling myself that after the final episode, they lost Sam mm. and they were never able to reestablish contact. I think after the last episode, Sam may have continued leaping as himself. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did appearing in, in Beth's living room. Yeah. And that, and that it took a very different turn and maybe what, 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 what shut project quantum leap down was that they lost Sam. Yeah. So here's, here's a couple of things. Uh, one, it was incredibly difficult for me to articulate the way that I was feeling when I heard about Dean Stockwell dying. Uh, it happened kind of in the middle of the night when I heard the news. Um, and I felt kind of empty about it, you know, and it was a very strange feeling. It was difficult for me to really feel like I thought I would feel. And it didn't hit me until Scott Bakula's Instagram post and reading about the way that he was with children on the set and child actors. And that was kind of what broke me. And uh, it's, it's very strange in a way, you know, because he had been retired. He had been away from things. You know, I was always glad when I saw him. I remember when, you know, he made the cameo on Enterprise, when he was in Battlestar Galactica. You know what I mean? When I would see him, I would always be. And I remember during Galactica, I was sort of like, that's awesome. They've got Dean Stockwell in Battlestar Galactica. Um, but it was it it, it, it it was difficult for me to process, to be completely honest with you, because he was such a huge part of my childhood. Sure. Um, and uh, I still, there's still an element where, I feel this, this sadness, you know, this, this kind of like this wave of, of grief almost, which is a strange thing to feel with, with a celebrity. Um, mm -hmm. But it's true. Um, the next thing that I'll say is that uh, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that for the TV show to work in a way for the TV show to have a reason, I think you're right. I think, I think that they lost Sam after mirror image and they never got him back. Um, and, and I know that there are a lot of people out there like, no, or whatever. And it's like, the fact is, it's like we saw, you know, Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. We know that. And, and, and one of the reasons why he probably never returned home is exactly what you said. They lost him. They shut the project down. That was it. Here's another thought that I had. As Sam leaps around as himself, I started to think, will these new characters or new character, if there's only one person leaping, which I think is the right thing to do. Frankly, I think if you've got like three or four people. Oh God! If, if that, not, this, becomes, if not, if if not, this turns into Team Night Rider, and then I'm flipping a table and I'm out. Yeah, it turns it well because there are so many other shows that already do that. You've got Doctor Who. You've got that. What was that show that NBC did a couple of years ago that you tried to get me to watch that I never ended up watching? Timeline. Timeless. Or, now here's timeless. the thing. I'm gonna, now here's the thing. I will, 
let's loop back to that. But yes, I see your point. Uh, you've got the Dr. point Who, you're trying to make. You've got, you yeah. know what I mean? So I, want, sure. I, I, I would like there to just be one leaper. Um, now, the thought that I then had is like, well, would they be leaping as themselves or, and then I was like, well, that would be stupid. The conceit of the show, they would have to be leaping into other people. Then I started to think, and this is where I started to get depressed. If they're leaping in their own lifetime, that means that we're only going to see people leaping from like the late eighties, probably to present day. I love that though, because it is, it's, it, it is, it is as close as a parallel as you can get to the original series. Except as someone who lived through the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, there is absolutely nothing as interesting to the fabric of our society and popular culture that happened in those decades compared to the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I, I think that... There, I'm not saying that they won't write amazing stories and be able to tell amazing stories. I mean, look at something like Stranger Things set in the 80s or whatever. I'm not saying that you can't do that. I'm just saying that to me, looking at it, there's a part of me that's like, you cut off a lot of the well, which got me to think my next thought... I, I, hang on one second. Which got me to think my next thought, what if as a part of this project, because we know Ziggy is connected to Sam in, in, in like a fashion beyond just that he built this computer... What if they can actually leap within Sam's lifetime instead of just their own, which then gives us the breadth of the, you know, the late 50s all the way to the 2020s, which I think actually might be a better route to take because it gives you a bigger sandbox to play in. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> it's like it's a parallel because like. You know, like the '90s, we're we're kind of nostalgic for the '90s now. The way we were nostalgic, the way culture was nostalgic for the '50s and the late '80s when Quantum Leap came out. This kind of like you know this uh, idealized idea, and then the start of the 1960s kind of upturned everything with with culture movement, um, uh, Vietnam, civil rights movement. Uh, JFK's assassination, so on and so forth, and and for us, like that parallel is is nine eleven, and that's right. when everything kind of upshifted there. And then you got you know then you got the wars, and then you got um, you know you got the financial crisis of two thousand eight. You got Obama's election. To me, I think this is, it's this wonderful parallel, and I think that they have a lot to play with from yeah. the last. No, you just sold uh, me. from the from thirty some odd years. You just yeah, you just sold me. You just sold me. There's a lot of stories, and there's even and there's even you know un, unfortunately there are even striking parallels that could be played off of compared to a lot of what the original show was dealing with, uh, right down to, you know, racism, PTSD, loss, grief. I mean, there's all of that can still be played with. And then of course, you know, you, you've got this quest, you know, this, this myth arc that will of course carry us through as well. In, in addition to dealing with like these topical issues, the one thing that I don't want to see them do. And the one thing that again, w- would absolutely lump them in with that timeless, sort of show or, or whatever is, is I think that the thing that the original show did so well, especially for those first four seasons was not having any, we didn't have the RV Oswald, you know? Sure. I, I don't want to see them, you know, trying to stop nine 11. Do you know what I mean? Like, not that they would go there, like that would be a poor taste, <laughs> sure. et cetera, but, but, sure. but I don't want to see that type of thing. Sure. Um, is worth yeah. noting the the almost reboot in the early two thousands. Nine eleven was going to be a huge part of that story. Mm. 
it was both Sammy Joe and Sam leaping into 9-11 in separate roles. Mm. Anyway, just worth noting. Now, you know, now, now see, the thing is, is like, it, 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 yeah, they have to be handled very delicately because I wouldn't have them, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with them being, you know, somewhere on the periphery of it. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't want them to be like, in one of the towers, I wouldn't even. I, I mean, frankly, I wouldn't even want them to be at Ground Zero at all, or on one of the planes, or anything like that. I just feel like it's, I don't know. It, 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 to me, there there are certain events that I wouldn't necessarily want to see played with in that fashion, because there's still a whole hell of a lot of people out there hurting, and and you know, 20 years later, to think that a TV show might mine that in order to say like, you know. Well, what difference is Character that Character between... X saves sure. somebody from the rubble that originally died in the... You know what I mean? Like, that's just in poor taste. Sure. but I mean, but the show, the original show, heavily mined Vietnam when that was much fresher with people. Sure. But the thing is, is I guess the thing, the, the thing that they did successfully with Vietnam is, and the reason why I feel like it worked, is it wasn't just Sam leaping into Vietnam to save random soldier X. It was Sam leaping into Vietnam to save his brother. And I think that that worked because it was it, it was it was it it, it 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 was not it wasn't a faceless soldier that anyone could be attached to and think why couldn't that have been my so and so? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that people couldn't think that because of Sam's brother because of Tom, but I think because they put those personal stakes attached to it, it was easy to kind of root for Sam as opposed to think to yourself i lost buddies over there you know what i mean like the, I, I don't know it just feels it just feels I, I mean i'm talking about in general about how like vietnam was a touchstone in a lot of episodes like totally. like like, and like just outside of be tom a yeah. without sure. a doubt i just don't want to see them trying to save people at ground zero you know what i mean oh, oh god yes i mean absolutely i agree yeah. with that yeah absolutely no 9-11 but I, but I think, war i mean that should i, I, I mean totally. i think i mean i think like uh you know like like uh how all of those events have played out and how they've landed. And I think even like Obama's election, like I think they'll be able to like, I hope that they'll be able to handle uh, things like racism with more nuance in the fact that like now handle racism in the way, like you could talk about how post Obama getting elected, we thought racism was quote over. And right, we realized right. with, we realized with Trump's election, definitely not over. Yeah. You know, like be able to handle more nuanced things like that. And that's why I'm, I'm hoping the show well, has the guts to be able to do that. And NBC will let them take those chances with those. I, I, I think it stories. will. I think it will. And I also would think that much like quantum leap was able to do, it was able to handle a lot of these issues without necessarily coming at them head on. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there were absolutely episodes where things were kind of, you know, head on, but that, you know, that we can have episodes that deal with these issues, you know, without having to be Sam trying to save George Floyd. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I gotcha. and, I, and, and I, and I think that because of, because of some of the ham fisted network television that I've seen in recent years, yeah, there's a little bit of a fear that they would try something ham fisted with this show because of that, but I don't think that that's the direction that they would go. No, and here like you're seeing me gyrating in my chair because I have because like you know we've already seen on some of the Facebook groups and like what people are are, are saying about um how they they're, they're skeptical of the new show already. 
there are a lot of things in the original Quantum Leap that if we were to put it through the day's lens, people would call it woke. Oh, and yeah. I have, and it just occurred to me, I have no doubt in my mind that as soon as they start touching heavy on these episodes that we're talking about, like everything that has been huge in the last 20 years, racism, uh, gay rights, transgender rights, et cetera, as soon as they touch on that, fans of the older show are going to definitely come out of the woodwork and start accusing Quantum Leap of going woke. Right. When it's right, when a, hopefully if they do it right, it's going to be right in the same vein of what the original series did. Well, it's like it's it's you know, hey, here here you go, take a drink, everybody. I'm about to mention Star Trek for the first time. <laughs> it, it's like the people that complain about Star Trek, you know, getting woke, and it's like the response that I love to see from so many people, including people that were you know alive and watched the original series in the '60s, is Star Trek's always been woke. You know, it's just like like you might not think so you might not you know but but the truth of the matter is it's always been woke and 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 i think that like i mean it's ridiculous it's 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 ridiculous that that terms like you know social justice and 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 woke have become dirty words to some people and i i i think that the yeah the the show has always had that that progressive view and i think that there are going to be many things that the show can touch on and deal with um in, in, you know, in a graceful, nuanced manner, I hope, while also remaining true to being, you know, an action adventure show, which, which I think that, uh, not action, I don't want to say action, I would much rather say adventure, I, I you know, a, a sort of a sci-fi adventure um, with, with a, a sort of a, you know, weekly drama vibe. Um, but again, I mean, some of my favorite episodes on the show, we talked about this before, were some of the, like the domestic dramas. And I think that, you know, we could we could absolutely get to see some really cool stuff where, you know, the leaps might be somewhat self-contained on occasion. It's the stuff back at the project that leans into the arc. And we could get some really cool, you know, pieces, little, little you know, 30-minute short plays, you know, short teleplays, basically, um, that that I think would be... The, the the wonderful thing about Quantum Leap as a television show is that I feel like they could actually use the original format, update it to 2022, and come up with something that is actually very innovative for modern television and modern audiences. That is not your normal, you know, hour-long serialized drama. That is not, you know what I mean? It's not going to be just another uh, show trying to be lost or game of Thrones or, or whatever that people are still trying to replicate, you know, years after those shows have gone off the air. And I think that quantum leap actually holds a a unique position to be a show that you could use to springboard into something that's very innovative and very different from a lot of the shows that are currently on television. I agree. I'm going to come back around to my defense of timeless. (laughs) (laughs) Before and, it, uh, and, I, and I think Timeless, it, it kind of got a little bit of that of what you're saying. Like there were episodes that were all like very self-contained, like whatever time period that they were in, like they had like those stories were very self-contained and they had some nice like touching moments where they connected with like people of that time in some way. And even like historical figures, like they connected with people um, because Timeless was very opposite of Quantum Leap where – in every episode, they were dealing with a major historical event or bumping up or coming up against, you know, 
a major historical figure. Yeah. Um, but they had those self-contained stories of every episode, but then they also had the overarching story that it took a while to get warmed up. But then after about five episodes, when you realize that the villain of the show is actually more complex and he's actually telling the truth in the first episode, when he tells the main character, like we're enemies now, but we are going to work together later. When you realize that that's the truth, it actually becomes a very interesting, complex show. Yeah. So I guess I say, yeah, one, defensive timeless. Two, <laughs> I, I think you could see a little, you may see a little bit of that. Like you, you get your self-contained stories, but then you got the ongoing stuff at the project going on. Yes. One thing I would love to see going on, and they, they, they tease this uh, early in the original Quantum Leap and Honeymoon Express, I want to see the project fighting for their life. Yeah, oh, totally. A little bit. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting because there's their a Their financial me, life, I mean. Right. There's a part of me that wonders. I, I, I think, okay. I, I, want to, I want to loop back to that uh, because I think that this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk a little bit about the creative team as we know it. Um, the, you know, and, and, and it's worth noting that we decided to do a little, little research, believe it or not, uh, and, uh, watch some of the programs, recent programs that, you know, the team, um, has been responsible for, uh, in, in the recent past. Um, it's clear that, you know, they, they, they have deals with NBC universal because, um, Lillian and when Brandt's most recent program, of course, is La Brea, which is 10 episodes in, it just started, uh, this past fall, um, on NBC. Uh, the conceit of La Brea is, you know, is interesting. The show itself is pretty intriguing. Um, it, basically the La Brea tar pits, drain out there's a big sinkhole that opens up there's like this rift in space time that people fall through and wind up um i it's this is a light spoiler so fast forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear this uh they wind up in the past uh, you know basically saber-toothed tigers etc um the interesting thing that the show does is that it plays with this conceit because it starts off feeling a lot like lost um, and not always in good ways. And I only watched the pilot episode, so I can only speak to that. But based off of some reading I did, it does sound like they play a lot with the idea that they're not just going to be stuck in this one place, that there's going to be the, you know, the ability to potentially go other times, other places. Um, I thought the cast mostly was great. I thought that the writing was very, very spotty. There was some good stuff. And then there was some fucking, sorry, I just dropped my first F-bomb of the show. Uh, <laughs> there, there was some stuff that was just paint by numbers, your standard template that you have seen in, in so many other shows, like literally the same lines that you have seen in your standard boilerplate television, you know, drama, action, adventure stuff for years, decades even. And it was painful. Um, there's some stuff that did not work at all. Um, but I will say that by the end of the episode, I was intrigued. I did want to see more. Uh, I did. However, when I was done, feel like I kind of watched a second rate lost. I will say we were before we hit record. Um, all I could find because I just have the free version of Peacock. All I could, all I could find was the most recent episode 
of La Brea and just jumping in, not knowing what was going on. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was watching uh, a second rate lost. And I feel, this is a broader statement in general, I feel the mistake that that so many shows do uh, almost 20 years after the original Lost aired, like 17, 18 years, is um, they want to jump into the really weird really early. Yeah, And Lost did that too, but Lost had the benefits of doing the flashbacks with the characters before the plane crash. And so before they got really weird in the second season and beyond, you actually cared about the characters. And I think so so many shows that try to be the next Lost, they forget that you got to invest some time and get the audience to care about the characters first. Yep. The, yeah, the, the first season of Lost still holds up to this day as brilliant television and so much of it has to do with how much we get to know the characters and how each flashback tells us something new and leaves us wanting to learn more. And then each present day continues the serialized story that they're telling, you know, present day. like I mean, that first season is just brilliant. It's just hands down brilliant. Um, again, I feel like a lot of shows try to copy it, you know, that, 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 that they're still kind of looking for that kind of phenomenon. And I, and we've not really had a lot of those, you know, Game of Thrones has clearly influenced so much of what we watch now as well. Not that everything's trying to be, you know, medieval fantasy or anything like that, but the the type of storytelling, you know, g- g- the darkness, the grittiness, etc., um, the ensemble casts, but but yeah, La Brea, I I, I don't know, I, I like I said, it the the benefit was is that I I I gave it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt as a pilot, it did leave me wanting to watch a little bit more. Um, some other shows that Winbrandt and, and Lillian have worked on, um, they created and and uh, ran a show called God Friended Me, um, which has kind of a familiar premise about, uh, you know, a, a guy helping people, being sent on missions to help people, uh, you know, reminiscent of Quantum Leap, reminiscent of Touched by an Angel, uh, Highway to Heaven, uh, uh, early edition, you know, it was that kind of show um, with these overtly heavy religious overtones. Um, you know, I couldn't watch it. It's not available for streaming. Um, you'd have to, you know, pay for it. Um, and, and I wasn't going to just buy an episode on faith. <laughs> uh, so I decided to, uh, to just read a little bit about it. Reviews were, were middling at best. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out at some point because I am interested in, in kind of seeing, you know, the, the prior work uh, of the people involved. Um, they also worked on Gotham. Uh, now it's interesting because our friend Larry Gianni, uh did make a comment about how uh he was dismayed because they worked on Gotham and he didn't think that show was very good. He tuned out after the first you know, season or whatever. My rebuttal to that Larry is they didn't work on the early seasons. They worked on the last season, especially, and they wrote uh, quite a few episodes for that last season. And the last season by all rights, I've not seen it is considered to be some of the best work, you know, that they did and some of the best stuff, you know, DC universe wise in particular, they wrote, um, I believe, um, a three-part episode called The Dark Knight, um, which was uh, heavily acclaimed. So so for what it's worth, you know, they might not have been involved in what you what you didn't like. Um, they also worked on Hawaii Five-0, CSI New York, Alcatraz, 
Kyle XY, which is interesting because Kyle XY, I remember, was a show that got a lot of buzz. Again, I I, I saw like bits and pieces of it. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, as far as being kind of a sci-fi genre type show that um, did well. Um, so, I, you know, as, as far as their, their pedigree goes, it, 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 it seems very, you know, um, TV-ish, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's just sure. they, they, they've been working in television for the past uh, 20 years, basically, and they've, and they've worked together on, on almost all of the stuff that they've done. So these are two guys that know each other very well and that, you know, that work well together, uh, have worked as writers and producers for the shows that I just mentioned. Um, now, the interesting, they're going to be the showrunners, according to what we've read. Now, the, the interesting element of all of this uh, in my opinion, is the executive producer by the name of Martin Garrow. Um, and the reason why I say that is because he has a, in my mind, a much more interesting and diverse um, career. Uh, again, pretty much all television, but the television that he's been involved with like really intrigues me. Um, he worked on Stargate, uh, SG one Atlantis and Stargate universe. Uh, he was the executive producer of Stargate Atlantis. Um, he also produced a show that I adored, uh, for HBO called bored to death with Ted Danson and Jason Schwartzman and Zach Galifianakis about, uh, three stoner detectives that, that was just so funny and so good at what it did. Um, he also was the showrunner, uh, creator, and executive producer for the entirety of the NBC show Blind Spot. Uh, I watched that's the, pilot. the show that has me intrigued. Okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. I watched the pilot of Blind Spot last night, and I actually loved it. I remember because uh, I re-upped my Hulu today so I could watch that. Um, and when I jumped back in, I realized, oh, at some point, I watched the first ten minutes mm-hmm. and then got steered away. Um, and I want to go back and, and, and get that. The thing that catch me, it's like, uh, so like the first 10 minutes of, of Blind Spot, like our protagonist, she is literally dropped naked in a bag in the middle of Times Square. She unzips the bag. She has no idea who she is. She's, her body is covered in tattoos. Uh, and it reminded me, uh, and I can't remember where I read this. I think it may have been in the Quantum Leap book, or I think that was it, uh, an interview with Belisario. The first scene that he wrote, he didn't realize that this was Sam yet. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember the f- this. <laughs> the first scene that he wrote, uh, like the way he described it is like you were coming down on an aerial shot of a naked man laying in a desert. And the way it's shot, you don't know if it's a thousand years from now or today. And then we zoom in on this man and like through di- through, through voiceover or something, like you know that he, do- he has amnesia. He does not know who he is. And all of a sudden, he is getting picked up by a couple of cops. He's getting thrown in the back of a cop car. Uh, he could tell from the license plate he's in the 1950s. He doesn't know what time he belongs to, but he does not belong to the 1950s. And from what the cops are saying, he knows that he's a Native American, and he knows that he is not a Native American. But that's all that he knows. And watching the first five minutes of Blind Spot, I was like, that's about as close as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, to, to that scenario, it, it, it's really well done. I mean, there are definitely some cliches that take place over the course of the episode, but overall, I was just the production values, the the quality of actors that they've hired, um, the you know the, the the sort of the split between the storytelling of um, 
you know, that they kind of have this mission that they, that they have to go on based off of the tattoos that are on her body and on their way to the mission, uh, they, uh, you know, are, are in between that. They're also, of course, there's all this personal drama for the characters and in particular for her, um, for Jane Doe, because, you know, she doesn't know who she is. Um, there was a really great balance struck between kind of being in the field with our, you know, our two main characters and the stuff happening back at the offices, um, which again, I thought was struck a great parallel between what it might be like to have, you know, the leaper and, 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 you know, hologram or companion or whatever they end up doing and, you know, the project. Uh, so, so I felt like while I was watching the show, um, it was out of everything connected to the people involved these these three men that are involved with the show that we know it was the thing that kind of excited me the most because it made me think clearly like this guy knows how to make some good tv um and for what it's worth the show ran for five seasons which was the initial that was the planned arc that was you know so so it, it completed its story it didn't get canceled it didn't you know it had good ratings it had pretty good reviews um so that to me was the moment when i kind of was like all right you know, I, I, I'm really excited to see what, what he does. I agree. I'm, I'm reading everything about Blindspot right now because, like, I know it was canceled, but I'm, I'm uh, encouraged to hear that it had a planned arc and it wrapped its arc up. Yeah. And that's, that. oh, that would be interesting to if, if they were to do that with, with Quantum Leap. If and they five were seasons like, is a good run. Yeah. If they have five seasons, a good run, 100, get in the syndication. Uh, and it just occurred to me, what if they, what if we cheat? What if we retcon? And what, what would happen? What would happen at the end of their five season story arc? Sam went home. Right. I think that. What do you, uh, yeah. Would he want to go home? I mean, the project's gone. His best friend's gone. Uh, yeah. And the I'm sure. It, I, too will be, you know, we didn't even mention this earlier when we were talking about legacy characters, but you know, Donna. Like, yeah, you know, she's uh, like, you, you know, kind of in my head canon. Uh, we're gonna get to the novels, listeners, at some point. Um, but in my head canon, I don't know if you remember, but in Mirror's Edge, mm-hmm. uh, the, the final quantum leap novel, as I remember it, it's, it's heavily suggested like Don is ready to move on yeah. with her life. Um, and, and in my mind, I think that's kind of yeah, but, you know, one of the things that would be really interesting too, and this is just some fan wank for you, is that the parallel between, uh, you know, Al and Beth and Sam and Donna might be interesting for them to play with if the Leaper eventually, like, you know, we get to the final episode and the Leaper realizes that they can, you know, they can keep Sam and Donna together by doing something. And that is what brings Sam home as well. You know, that kind of parallel would be, would be kind of fascinating to play with. I don't know if I'd like it quite honestly. I don't know if that's the direction that I would want them to go, but I mean, it's, it's an Avenue that they could explore. Um, and again, Donna might not even be in the show. She might not ever be mentioned. You know, I imagine she'll be mentioned at some point, but uh, so much is up in the air. Um, sure. It's exciting. It's exciting. We're I mean, so much is up in the air. To talk about. <laughs> we are. I mean, so much is up in the air. Like, it may not even get picked up. It, it probably will. With it, the pedigree yeah. that's attached to it, it's probably going to get picked up. I, I, yeah, I feel as though based off of the announcement, the way that it was announced, the way that it was picked up by all the trade magazines, the way that um, Martin Garrow, who, you know, again, is the guy that kind of excites me the most is, is, is based off of his involvement, uh, you know, was tweeting about it and, and talking about how this is, 
he said it's been so hard to keep this secret. So it sounds to me like this has been in the works for a while that, uh, you know, that this is definitely going to happen. Now, it could end up being that they film this thing and we just get like a two hour, you know, TV movie out of it. I doubt that that's what will happen. We're going to we're definitely going to get like 10 to 13 episodes that it, it, we're going to get at least that. I have no doubt. At least give us that. And at least NBC, you, you I almost dropped the F by myself. You owe <laughs> us. If it only lasts like one season or half season, wrap the story up. Right. Wrap the entire story up. You know what yeah. I mean? Give I, us give us that courtesy. Yeah, you know, and, and and here's the other thing too. Again, it's hard to do, but we really do have to put our nostalgia away. We cannot expect all of the same creative team members. I know that there's a petition to get um Dorleac on as, as a costume designer, which would be lovely. I would love to, I would love to see what he would come up with. You know, I, I really would. He's a lovely man. Um, we, you know, but we, but we're, we're, we're probably not going to hear all the same music, you know, uh, we're not, the theme song might be different. Um, there, okay. Like, cause I saw somebody else put that. There's not going to be a theme song. Well, there will not right. be a theme song. Right. There'll There's be some instrumental be, yeah. music, but yeah, they, they don't do opening themes or something anymore. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see, because they had to beat you over the head every week with the with the saga cell, as they called it. Right. If they'll even do that, no, I don't think they will. No, no. I think that we'll, we'll get that probably in the pilot, and you know, and maybe like you know, season premieres, maybe like you know, previously ons every once in a while, like the season sure. finale or something. You know, whatever they, whenever they do sweeps or they do like an episode, it'll be like an entry point episode. They might do something similar, but I don't think it's going to be on every episode. You're right. There's not going to be an opening credits, a theme song type deal. You know, the, most shows don't have that. You know, again, now Game of Thrones had that, sure, but you know, it's a little different uh, being on yeah. HBO. Um, uh, yeah, so we've got to put that, the nostalgia aside. You know, we've got our Blu-rays and our DVDs and our, and our syndicated run and eventually our Peacock streaming because let's face it, before probably before summer is out, Quantum Leap will be on Peacock in order to gear up for, you know, the, 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 the new show uh, coming this fall. So I, I think that the best thing that we can do is to, you know, not expect this to be a retread of the same ground. I wouldn't want that, quite frankly. Um this is not going to be Scott Bakula as our white knight saving the day every week. Um, you know, that, that when we see Sam, uh, one of the things I mentioned to Jessica, if, if I'm writing this, okay. And it's the season finale of the first season and our new team has finally figured out how to get to Sam and they walk into Al's place and they see him behind the bar and they're all giddy with excitement. I would not be a bit surprised if he looks at them and says, hi, my name's Al. And he doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't remember anything uh, about what's past. He doesn't know anything about what they're doing there, that he has now taken the place of the bartender, that he's the one, you know, he knows all this other stuff, but he's kind of, you know, he's just forgotten who Sam was because he spent 30 years just leaping through time. And there's, you know, the effect that that's had on him, he has no identity anymore, you know? Yeah. And then, and that is, and it's worth noting that is in line with what Be- Belisario had in mind. Um, it's worth noting that Belisario at one point said that at some point he imagined that Sam would start to lose his mind. That's what shock theater was, was mm. the start of that. Yeah. Um, that's why in the final season, Sam starts melding more. Right. 
with the leapies. He is starting because he's trading places so often. He is literally losing his mind. So I like that idea. And I don't want it to be dark and gritty. Like I want it to be like what you just said. Right. Like he he's in a positive role. He's you know this you know he know he has all this other knowledge. He's just lost knowledge of himself. I don't want it to be this dark and gritty thing that we find him have gone. You know he's gone crazy after thirty years of leaping. Yeah, I think a touch of whimsy would would benefit the show a great deal. I really do. I think you know remembering the heart of the show is going to be extremely important. Like those are the things to get nostalgic for. You know what I mean? Remember the yeah. heart that this show had. Remember the positive you know outlook that the show often had. That doesn't mean it can't go dark places, and that doesn't even mean that Sam, if Sam takes part in the show, can't have flashes of being a bit of a darker character because of the fact that he's been marooned for 30 years in time, you know, and, 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 and maybe, you know, maybe he would be a little bitter. Maybe he would be like, you know, why couldn't they find me? Where has everyone been this whole time? But I think that the better way to kind of treat that is to have it again, bit by bit, piece by piece, not just present us with this, you know, this dark character who's pissed off. Do you know what I mean? Um, I do think that the evil leaper project is definitely something to explore as well. Uh, It gives them some antagonists. That'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, what happens. Um, And I I think we, we, we talked about this with the evil leapers and I honestly can't remember if this was your idea or my idea. Um, I don't want the evil leapers to be mustache twirling villains. Yeah so much as that they were on the original show. Right. I, I love the idea of the evil leapers being somewhere further, further in the future. And their mission is more informed by like, like, no, you think you're fixing the past. We're from further in the future and you're, you're, you're messing it up. Right. It's, you know, kind of like uh, 11, 22, 63, you know, yeah, where it's like, exactly, it's yeah. like he, he thinks he's, he thinks he's, you know, saving the world here. And, and then he gets back and things are just, awful so yeah yeah, i i I think that there's a lot of cool stuff for them to explore i think that uh i'm excited to to hear casting um if we get you know any information that we you know can share uh, because i do want to be sensitive to to our source um but if we know anything that even if we know something that we can't share we will certainly try to point you in the right direction uh as best we can but if we do get information we can share we will share it right away um so so you know definitely make sure you follow us on twitter uh check us out on facebook or instagram um and dennis maybe even a tiktok i don't know <laughs> Um, because we will definitely be trying to keep things uh, uh, as timely as we possibly can. Um, and then of course, we'll, <laughs> and of course we'll uh, uh, record with more frequency in the lead up to this. Um, yeah. I think now it's like, yeah, that, that's the thing off. We still got to talk about the novels, the comics, and exactly. there's other stuff we're talking about. I will look back and say, the, out of every other thing we mentioned, I, I do want to throw in the one thing I would love to see them be able to do um, and this, they would probably have to do this in the pilot or an early episode. The the lost ending that was discovered, like what three years ago yeah. now. Um, I would. I don't think they could actually like include the scene because I don't know if they ever actually finished it. Right. Uh, but in some kind of flashback capacity, if they could just give us flashes of that, sure. Final scene between Al and Beth and, well, and their it, study. It'd be a great way to involve. Al on screen in a way to use that yeah. used footage, you know? Um, 
Although the one that the trouble with that, of course, is that's standard definition, you know. So that's what I mean. Like they would have to put some some effects or something over yeah, it, and and, right. and and you know, and like kind of mask the fact that somebody that's... else we didn't talk about is is like Beth. Obviously, you know, I mean, that's a character that if they wanted to, they could. They could certainly pull her back. She has. Is she still? At one point in time, Susan Dial was following us on uh, on the Twitter. Let's see if she. <laughs> Let's see if she stuck around. We follow each other. We well, do. How about that? So um, hey, but she oh she she's hasn't not our tweeted. source, guys. She's not. Our she, she, oh no, she's not uh, our source, and she hasn't. <laughs> excuse me, uh, and she hasn't tweeted in like over three years. Um, but uh, um, you know, she's a, Gem- she's a Gemini like us. She was born yeah, May twenty fifth. How about that? Yeah. Uh, one other thing uh, worth mentioning, it, it, we mentioned it early in, in the episode. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to include their names as we were doing the rundown because obviously anyone listening to this podcast has probably listened to us before. And if you haven't, please go back, check out our earlier episodes. Some of them are a little rough, but hey. Uh, and uh, um, we'll, we we certainly talk a lot about them because they're 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 the co you know creators, uh, and that's Don Belisario and uh, Deborah Pratt. Uh, here's my quick two cents on that. Don Belisario, I believe it's probably going to just be a bit of an honorary title. I don't imagine he's going to have a ton to do with the show. Uh, I would imagine that the capacity that he will have will, will be, you know, almost uh, half of what George Lucas currently has with, uh, y- you know, the the Star Wars universe. Like, like I, I imagine he'll visit the set even less than George Lucas has visited the Mandalorian set, for instance. Uh, you know, he might, you know, he might, give a couple of ideas or whatever. I'm sure he'll be involved on some level. It's great to have his name on it. I just don't think that's the space that he's in anymore. He's, you know, he's guys in his eighties. It's like, I mean, come on, you know? Uh, I also think, however, that the flip side of that is, is that Deborah Pratt, if she's not writing for this show, I will, I will literally want to say, what are you guys doing? Because those screenplays from, the, the the late eighties and early nineties hold up to this day. She wrote some of the finest hours of episodic television. I, I just, I truly believe I've ever seen. She's, she's wonderful. She's, she is in my opinion, one of the chief, if not the chief reasons why we love the show as much as we do. And I want her involvement to be, if not central, pretty damn close to it because I think I, she has great ideas about it. I have said it before from everything that I have read, especially in the last like two or three years. Um, Belisario may be credited with being the show creator. He may have come up with the original idea of like someone leaping into someone else, but I really think the heart of the show. Yes. And those ideas came from Deborah Pratt. Right. And so in my mind, she is just as much a creator of the show as Belisario was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and 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 I just I'm I'm very happy to see her name attached to the show, uh, you know, in any capacity. But I really do hope that she gets to write a few episodes. Sure, um, and at least a voice cameo is Ziggy. I'm sure, oh, yeah. like I'm sure they're going to rebuild Ziggy in some way, and <clears throat> it'll be interesting if they're they gonna, if they're, they're going to do the Val Kilmer. Uh yes yeah it'll be it'll it's be another Night Rider reference <laughs> uh, all right it'll be interesting to see if they if they do kind of like a sassy computer kind of thing because mm-hmm. like that seems like an outdated kind of I don't know 
Yeah. It seems like that was funny in the early nineties. Yeah. That's something I don't know if it would translate to the present day. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things about the technology of the show that'll be very interesting to see what they, what direction they decide to take it. Um, It'll be because because I know like in my like what what are they going to do with the imaging chamber? Because in the imaging, you know, because in the original series it was actually a chamber. Right. Excuse me. And the reboot that they were going to do, it was literally going to be Al putting on a like a VR headset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what they're going to do. I, I do hope that they go with like the imaging chamber kind of idea. Cause yeah, me me too. Just, that, that seems more interesting. Well, cause the funny thing to me is, is 20 years ago, the VR headset would have been kind of a cool idea, but today it would be hokey. Whereas the imaging chamber 20 years ago might've been hokey, but today I think it actually would be more appropriate. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see the changes that they'll make to the project and how that will be portrayed and you know will our you know our team of adventurers will they be going into you know a, a dusty old uh abandoned site in stallions gate new mexico uh and, and having to fire up everything uh kind of as renegades with no government help or oversight or will they be which based off of these producers and the fact that they have the other shows that they've worked on and the ways that they've worked on them, I do think that we're going to see authority in some fashion. So it would actually make more sense if they are involved in some capacity with the government or military and they are, you you know, but they have a personal stake as well. Cause that seems to be like, honestly, you look at blind spot, you look at La Brea, you look at a lot of the other shows that they work on. That's just an element of what they do, you know, Um, that there is an authority figure of some fashion. So I have a feeling that it will be kind of some sort of official, you know, reopening the project quantum leap. Now what gets I think us so there too. Yeah. is, is anyone's guess. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And here's the, the last thing I'm going to say, and then we should start to wrap it up. Um, however, we're introduced to the leaper. I just want them to be dropped in kind of like the, the, the protagonist of blind spot. Right. I, I, I want to see, I want to see things from her point of view. If it, if it is a her, I want to see things from her point of view at the beginning of the show amnesia. Yep. Uh, I want to see her pop up like somewhere like 1996, right. something like that. No effing clue what's going on. And then, you know, we kind of get to see it going through her eyes. Uh, and then, and then we get like this random other person just like, popping up and giving her weird smiles kind of like al did yeah and the pilot in the pilot episode and then we go back to flashbacks and then we and then we find out how they got there that's i that's I think, what i want to say i think that's a brilliant idea actually and i think it's a wonderful way to you know to to pay homage to the the original pilot and the original series and i think that it's the perfect way to hook in new viewers as well you know, I think that that's sure. kind of the, the the way to do it because it's like you. I, I one thing we didn't even talk about was Swiss cheese. You know, I think that having you know someone that doesn't remember all this stuff and has to have those gaps filled in and could do it by by way of flashbacks and and getting to see the project as opposed to you know a character you know in a bathrobe with a hangover saying this is how everything happened. Do you know what sure. I mean? Like, I think that yeah. that would be much more narratively interesting for a modern audience. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I was sold. I was sold from the minute I, I saw it. So let's, let's, let's roll. Let's see what happens. Well, let's do it. 
before we get out of here, uh, you heard my spiel at the beginning. Dennis, how are you? How are things with you? What's uh, thing, things are good. So uh, move down here. And uh, if you've been listening to the show, no. um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been a massage therapist for several years. Uh, started off renting a space in someone's established practice. And then I ended up buying the practice. And things were going swimmingly <laughs> till about a week and a half ago. Yeah. Until Omicron really uh, set in. So this, this last week has been the slowest week yeah. I have had since being here. Don't know. I think if, if projections look right, I think in the next couple of weeks as Omicron passes, like things will start to get better. But yeah, it's a little... It's a little weird right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's been fantastic. Um, we love being down here in Southern Illinois. Uh, we came up and we came up for Thanksgiving. We had dinner, you know, with you and some other friends. And um, as we were coming up to Chicago for Thanksgiving, we were passing through Chicago on the way to Michigan. I was worried that when we stopped in Chicago, I would really miss it. Mm. And I would be like, oh, God, what did we do uprooting our family and moving it to an entirely different environment? Sure. And I will tell you, the only two things I enjoyed about being in Chicago (laughs) was lunch with you all. And then we stopped at H Mart, our favorite Korean grocery at Niles, (laughs) on the way out. The rest of the time, as we were driving through Chicago and how crowded it was and how difficult parking was and everything compared to what it is down here, Betsy, my wife, and I, we were both like, yep, yep, we made the right decision. After we we left lunch with you guys on our way to H Mart, we drove through our old neighborhood, the last neighborhood that we lived in, and we're like, yep, yep, we made the right decision. Uh, so other than like like job weirdness of the of the last couple of weeks, um, we have we have absolutely loved being down here and the and the total change of 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 life from from city living. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm so glad to hear it. Uh, I know obviously it's it's a huge change, and uh, anytime there's kids involved, it, it can you know. Luckily, I, you know they're young enough that I feel like they didn't necessarily have any strong attachment to this place you know sure i'm sure i mean harrison's obviously old enough that there are probably memories that he has formed that he you know uh certainly has now and and will potentially have you know 20 years from now it can be like oh yeah you know some of my earliest memories are living in chicago yeah but yeah yeah i will say three things we actually did uh before we came and had lunch with you all we went to the field museum that morning Mm -hmm. um so that yeah so and he always loves that he loves uh sue Oh, the yeah. T-Rex totally. on display there. So yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's life with us Yeah, right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I will certainly say that this is very, very exciting and, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to be back doing this. Um, you know, I have, uh, other endeavors that are as far removed from quantum leap as possible. So it's not like I've been just sitting around spinning my wheels. There's another weekly podcast that I've been involved in. I've been a guest on a couple of podcasts, um, that again, are as far removed from this world as possible. Um, and, and had a couple of other, other gigs, but, uh, 
this is this this is home. This always will will feel like home when it comes to this this medium and being able to get on here and, and talk with you. So uh, I'm thrilled that we have the motivation and the impetus to do it, and uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to chart this journey because uh, again, our intent is to be on top of it, and we want to be your go to. You know, we want to be your source for um, all the kind of in depth reviews, overviews, and news that, that you, you know, used to with us. And, uh, you know, there, there obviously will be other quantum leap podcasts that pop up. Um, there will be, I'm sure the quantum leap podcast will, 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 will have some stuff we'll fire say, back up, and- uh, you know, more frequently than their once every three months format or whatever that they've been doing lately. Um, yeah. and again, I'm sure that there will be some other people that, that, that are out there that, that, you know, or we're bringing you content, but uh, my only hope is that we can be your go-to uh, that you can go back into the archives and hear everything you want to hear and could possibly want to know about the original series episodes yeah. that are literally two to three times as long as the episode we're talking about. We'll about so, uh, speaking of viewers, if you're on that, so I did not even realize this because I haven't visited our podcast page in months. Potty it got sold. So now we are yeah. on Castos. Now we're on we're on Castos. Okay. So if you if you go to our social media now that that's what is linked on everything. Our website, our original WordPress website, I'm about ready to burn it to the ground. <laughs> Cuz every time I go to log in, it tells me that the account is closed and I go through this recovery process and I finally get it back and I've been trying to do it today and it just I keep getting looped around in the same circle doing the same thing over again. I am at the point I think I am just I hate WordPress. I love Squarespace. That's where I do everything else. I'm just going to set up a new website, new domain. I'm just going to copy everything and I'm just going to move it all over there, make it look nicer. And aside from like our Castos home, that will be our new home for stuff. Well, it is it is a new day and uh, we are, are are absolutely going to be giving, I think, everything a bit of a, a makeover uh, social and, and, and obviously the website. Um, and Dennis is, I'm sure, going to do an amazing job with all of that sort of stuff. But we're committed to, to bringing you um, our very best. And we appreciate everyone who has been with us uh, either since the beginning um, or, or even recently. We've had, you know, uh, the wonderful thing is, is we'll get messages every once in a while from people that have recently discovered us and you know, say that they've binged uh, uh, Quantum Leap over the pandemic, and then they binged our podcast, or you know that they're that they're halfway through, and and, and this or so. It's so so great to hear that, and we really appreciate you all uh, so so much. Um, yeah, as we have joked many times, without anybody listening, we're just too asshats screaming into the void so <laughs> two two cis white asshats screaming into the void two tired dads screaming <laughs> two tired the dads <laughs> there we go um and dennis where can people find you online should they choose to do so uh choose to do show on uh <laughs> on uh twitter uh i am dad to the future on tiktok i'm dad to the future um, I do have a dad to the future Facebook page. I hardly update it. Just, just find us through Facebook and just, and find, I, I comment frequently on there. Find me yeah. through there. Friend me. I'm Facebook easy. Um, you know, as, as, as long, uh, as long as you don't look like some young 20 something hot girl, that's just trying to spam me. <laughs> I will, I will accept your friend request. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And, and you are Strummer Fane. 
on, yeah, on Dennis Twitter. is a lot easier than I am. Uh, so uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Strummer underscore Fane. Um, that's my my personal uh, account. Um, I don't necessarily post a ton over there, uh, and of course, you can find me through the Facebook page, uh, which is Fate's Wide Wheel uh, Quantum Leap Podcast with Sam and Dennis. Just just search Fate's Wide Wheel will be the first thing that pops up. I'm sure. Uh, you can also find the podcast Twitter page, which I have been updating more frequently since the news dropped at fate's wide wheel and uh we will be updating again the twitter i I think will be kind of your primary go-to that's where i'm going to try to put stuff first um dennis usually kind of does the facebook stuff so you know facebook will be there for sure uh but but i'm going to try to get you know the face uh, the twitter stuff uh, out there as soon as possible um and uh subscribe and like us and follow us on uh whatever podcast platform you're using it does help write us a review um all of that helps to raise our visibility and and gets more people listening. Um, it's been an absolutely intense, excruciating, horrible, awful, blissful, amazing, rejuvenating, dark and light couple of years. Uh, I, I think that we are, you know, exhausted uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally in a lot of ways, but there's so much more to give and there's so much more out there to, to take part in. And we definitely want to be uh, a place where you can find some joy, uh, get some enjoyment, uh, sometimes rail against us if you disagree with us. Uh, and that's okay. We're up for we're up for a good discussion. Uh, and we're going to also get a, a, a comment page and even a, um, a listener mailbag opened up real soon too, so you can send us questions. Um, because while we don't claim to know everything about this show, we do know a hell of a lot. Uh, so you could feel free to ask us your questions about the show. Uh, ask us questions about us if you want to anything you want to know about our, our lives as most of you listening out there and if there's any new listeners we've picked up because of the announcement um dennis and i both worked as uh, professional actors semi-professional actors at times non-professional actors at other times uh i got paycheck yeah, i got, I got paychecks i got that's right we, i lived we, off those paychecks for a time i was at one point in time a professional actor we were yeah we were we were working actors uh here in chicago and other places for that matter um and uh so you know we definitely consider ourselves artists um and uh this is a creative outlet for us and we look forward to connecting with you uh because one thing that we've both learned in theater it's better when there are other people involved Otherwise, it's just masturbation. Uh, So we would love to connect with you and uh, feel free to reach out to us on the platforms that we just mentioned. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there, be kind, be kind, uh, be curious. And we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Dennis? What Sam said. Let's leap out of here. (laughs) Let's leap out of here. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah.